Amen. Welcome to Teaching Others also this morning. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is Friday, December 17th, 2021. And that doesn't mean you're necessarily listening to it at this exact time, but that's what we're doing it for on a, as a radio broadcast type, keeping them to about 15 minutes. And we have gone through this week, we've been studying, talking about, exhorting a bit on the value of troubles. I would say this to you, I don't know how you do things. I don't know, you know, what your formula is or your practice or routine. I will say this. One of the things that I found a necessity many, many years ago in the early 1980s was that I knew that for me to fulfill what God told me to do, I had to learn some skills, okay, from other people. Skills I didn't happen to have growing up. I grew up with, with a variety of skills when it came to, say, dealing with horses and livestock and those kind of things. And uh, I was blessed with, you know, enjoying studying and stuff. And so it was a combination of the outdoors and studying at the same time. I suppose the ideal environment for me to study would have been, you know, to uh, have a desk outdoors or something like that. I think it does help to be able to at least see out a window while you're trying to do your work that you got to do. Now, I said all that to say this, that I learned I needed some skills. So, child of God, don't, uh, don't be afraid of learning skills. Skills are not something that you come to. We're not animals. Animals have to deal by the instincts which God gave them. And that's how they're made. But humans come with very few good instincts since the fall of Adam. Very few. So we are learners, and we're to be lifetime learners. Uh, everybody I've seen that was successful, and I mean in a good way successful, one of their the tenets of what they did was they learned something every day. They were a lifetime learner. And I'm thankful that I picked up on that young. And so you need skills. Time management skills, life skills, health skills, all that. I get it. Spiritually, we need that even more. Spiritually, we need good habits that keep us in the book and especially keep us focused on the things that keep us in line with God. It is so important for us, child of God, it is so important for us to see this thing and, and to recognize it. I mean, we're a, a week away from, you know, here in the States, we're a week away from the the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day weekend. Okay? And <clears throat> as you're doing this, there's hustle, there's bustle, there's all these things going on. Let us not forget, and a, it's a trite thing when they go the reason for the season. Well, that's not necessarily true. For the world, the reason for the season is not the reason that we can actually open our Bible and see, okay? Don't lose sight of the wonder of the Incarnation and the First Advent. Don't lose sight of that. Don't let, don't become a spiritual humbug or spiritual Scrooge or spiritual Grinch, okay? As far as the world goes, yes, they overdo it. I understand that and, and avoid that. But don't stop realizing the wonder of the Incarnation. Yes, we think about it every day and all that, but there's okay to have seasons. And I'm going somewhere with this about the value of troubles. When you're not having troubles, continue the things that help you when you do have troubles. Okay? 
When you're not having troubles, don't think, well, okay, if I can just uh, get some kind of formula going, I won't have them. You will have. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, we read this passage yesterday, so we'll read it again quickly. Lest, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. By the way, it will cost you to know more about God. It will cost you to know your Bible, especially the spiritual side of it. But it's worth it. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And you, you are probably, if you are a Christian seeking God and that kind of thing, you're going to have some things that God let, puts in your life to let you know He's stronger and you're weaker. And you are weaker by yourself than the God of this world and the world itself. But you're not with what's in you. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. But you've got to have a relationship with Him. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And there have been times, I, every one of us, I'm sure, we've gone to the Lord and we really asked Him to change something and He didn't. And the answer in verse 9 is, My grace is sufficient for thee. So the most powerful thing in your life is not Him taking care of, removing the trouble. It's the grace to go through the trouble. He said, For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, well, I rather glory in my infirmities. No, it's the Lord who said to him, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You want the power of Christ? You've got to have troubles. And then you've got to go to him with the troubles. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. So we've been looking at this thing on these value of troubles. What is the value? It's what it works in our life. It works patience and experience and hope and a reality of the love of God that gets shed abroad in our heart because what it does, the tribulation works patience. You understand Okay, people go through this. Let's stop and break it down, as they say nowadays. And then patience works experience. You can help someone else. The Navy SEALs say calm is contagious. I'm sure they're not the only ones, okay? Calm is contagious. Fear is contagious. Stress is contagious. If you let the world, they'll do it. I, I've said before, can you imagine you got a world that... and and. I enjoy my coffee in the morning, so don't get me wrong. you got a world that pumps caffeine in them, maybe too much sugar, you know. Then they get into traffic, say, or then they get into stress, or then they're trying to deal with technology. By the time the workday starts, it's no wonder that people are aggro at each other all the time, aggravated. But that doesn't need to be us. That's why we can get some skills that help in life management. But you don't trust that. We take pleasure. Cheer up, it'll get worse. Remember I said earlier in the week, watch. And infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. It doesn't have to be somebody saying, I'm doing this to you for Jesus' sake. <clears throat> when you live for God, you're going to have more troubles. That's the equation. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution that is the equation okay so 
when he says those things to us, when we begin to think about these matters, we understand that it's working for us. And we understand that God is actually glorifying himself. May I say this to you? May you get this, I hope. Come to James 1. I'll probably just touch on it today. This will carry over into next week, I feel like. <clears throat> I decided I wasn't going to rush it, make it fit into anything. Because I think of, of, of all the truths that come to my mind, and I would literally say on a daily basis, it is the value of troubles. I uh, Daily, it, the Lord reminds me, hey, remember this trouble you had? Yeah. Yes, sir. Remember this? Yes, sir. Well, that was of value to you because of today and this trouble. Not the ability to always avoid troubles. They're going to come. The trials, the tribulations, the adversity, the hardship, the difficulties, the stress, the rough going, the delays, the infirmities, okay? James chapter 1, verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse means as in diversity, as in a, a whole variety of. Temptations, a temptation is not sin. You better get this in your mind. Sin is sin, my friend. Temptation is not. And so you better understand that <clears throat> you got to quit glorifying the temptation and glorify the victor. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. See that again? But let patience have her perfect worth that you may perfect entire wanting nothing. In other words, be content with such things as you have for you said, I will never leave thee nor forsake. That doesn't mean you don't pray for things. doesn't mean you can't give each other a gift. I understand all that. At Christmas, all that. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all men liberally and upbraideth not, it shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And I will tell you this. <laughs> if you've ever been on the water, you'd be surprised what the wind can do. Oh, water can get rough. And just getting back in, depending on what you're in for a water-going vessel, a boat, you'd be surprised. Verse 7, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So what we can't be double-minded about is the value of troubles. We cannot dread, resist, fight. We need to go to the Lord and get his mind on it. Sometimes you can pray and he's going to remove it. But a lot of times he says, you better ask wisdom, verse 5. And he said, I give to men liberally. He'll give you the wisdom if you want it. But it's got to be his wisdom and his solution. So I would say, as we're approaching all this, you got, look, in the next week, people are going to get together with family that they might not get with any other time of the year or even once or twice a year. Okay? You're going to have to deal with different things that come along. We've got to, you've got troubles and trials imposed by governmental forces. You've got all these things. Instead of fighting them and resisting them, Instead of doubting the Lord, if you want to have some hope in life, your hope is not, right now, some political change. Your hope is the Lord God Almighty, and you experience that by the love of God being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. This is so important. It's not putting your head in the sand and ignoring everything, okay? It's not like what they portray pie in the sky, you know, or Pollyanna, that kind of thing. However, if you have hope through the love of God, you're going to appear to be happy 
or blessed. Uh, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities. I understand that, to be honest with you. Because what, it, what he's saying is, it's not that he's a masochist. It's that he's like, okay, this is another way that God's working. You see, when you hear somebody that's, you know, maybe way out there in a charismaniac type movement, that doesn't make the premise wrong. It makes their use of it wrong. You're supposed to hope in Christ, but the hope has got to be in Christ and in the love of God, not in the outcomes. He besought the Lord thrice in 2 Corinthians 12. He didn't remove it. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give to all men liberally, it breedeth not, it shall be given him. Let me ask. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Now watch. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. As we come to the uh, close of this week's broadcast. Now listen, please. Listen. You ready? When you ask him for wisdom, you've got to be willing by faith to receive his wisdom, not what you want. Not take the thorn away. Not take the trouble, the trial, the infirmity, etc. away. Lord, tell me how to deal with it internally. Sometimes the internal is an external, like turning stuff off. Like not listening to it. Like not exposing yourself to it. Like not letting others impose it upon you just through because of friendships and relationships. You don't do you have to do that in the love of God yourself, not in a a way that's too hard. To be temperate, remember yesterday? To form the proper degree of hardness. In some cases, it's to soften. It's to unite in due proportion. To compound things, to form them. To mix to a moderate state. A temperate mind, a temper, is disposition of mind, a calmness of mind. That's what you need. That's what the people around you need. Your words, your vocabulary, your spirit are what people need. Listen, this should be a time in our lives, in our little sphere of influence, where it is peace on earth, goodwill to men. Well, he's not bringing the second advent yet. I know, but he brought it to us. He said he gave us peace. He left us with peace, with his peace, he said. And I trust you'll take this weekend and let this sink in a little bit. And I trust you start thinking about the value of these troubles. And we'll continue this on Monday. God bless you. Have a good weekend.